Hello and welcome back to Join the Conversation. I'm George Christopher Thomas, your radio talk show host and podcaster, and we are broadcasting and coming at you from the University of Alaska Fairbanks in College, Alaska. So now I invite you to sit back and enjoy this next interview on 91.5 FM KSUA, and thanks for listening. What is this show, Join the Conversation, you ask? Well, in this era of fake news and neo-yellow journalism, this podcast focuses on using academic insight and peer-reviewed understandings to get the real story out there. By basing the conversation in a college atmosphere, the focus is a combination of learning and accuracy that lays down the foundation for comprehending complex issues and concepts. Our host, which is me, invites you to join the conversation by listening as we bring in a cadre of guests from all over America and the world. This idea of peer-reviewed academia meeting media in real time is the newest concept in journalism. So on with the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binary earthlings, all our listeners out there, thank you once again for joining us on KSUA 91.5 FM here in College, Alaska. We're at the campus of uh, UAF in Fairbanks, and we have a very special guest with us today. We are going to be chatting with Senator Mike Schauer uh, from Wasilla, uh, Alaska. Senator, thank you for being with us. My pleasure, George. And uh, Senator Shower also represents uh, the communities of Delta Junction, the Copper River Valley, uh, Talkeetna, and Valdez. So you have a pretty neat district as it as it goes. You, you're hitting all the uh, the Alaska um, tourist points, kind of, sir. There's a lot of tourist points, and we've got two ports, we've got the pipeline, and we had a lot of What's interesting is that cover just about every part of the economy of the state of Alaska and one state or another. It's the size of West Virginia, actually, the landmass size. It takes about 12, 14 hours to drive from one side to the other. Pretty interesting. And, uh, sir, you uh, went to, you're born in Florida and you're born on Valentine's Day. So uh, I'm surprised your name Mike and not Valentine. Yeah, that would have been very, very, uh, my mother, yes, but fortunately she did not. But you went to, you got your Bachelor of Arts from the, the U.S. Air Force Academy, and uh, I've been there in Colorado. What is that, a B-52D that's sitting out there front, out in front? I think that is a B-52D. That's one of the, the aircraft. it was a real airplane, they flew it in, that was a permanent static display. It's absolutely amazing uh, every time you see it. But uh, you also went to, uh, in, uh, pr pardon me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Toru University on Mare Island? Yep, it was an online university. Uh, squadron Officer School and Air War College. And uh, also I had to get my master's degree. So I went for an MBA because master's online. I didn't have time for the classroom. And uh, at the same time, I was at Toronto School, which is like the Top Gun, you know, with normal 14 hour days. A couple years of my life didn't exist, but 
I needed to get that master's degree um, for progression because the military takes education seriously. And, you know, figuring out, I'm not sure what I was going to do after the military time to build record or business degree. Pretty wide aperture, and applied just about anything. And I was almost studying my case studies, which ironically, and the long term helped me because of the transportation industry. We did a lot on the airline in cargo because I'm in FedEx. Um, you know, as a cargo pilot in my office, you know, when I'm not here. And it also talked a lot about the oil industry. And it was ironic coming back up because I did a lot of case studies on those economic factors, of which are inside of Alaska. So even though without knowing it, it ended up um, kind of broadening uh, my own experience base on those companies and things like this. I, uh, my parents uh, used to live in Napa up off the 12. And I had the coldest and windiest golf match I've ever played at Mare Island Golf Club there. Wow. Yeah, I could imagine that. Probably true. <laughs> so, sir, I was looking at the, some of the legislation that you've introduced, and uh, let's just go through it. Uh, Senate Bill 18 prohibits drones from assisting in hunting. What exactly is that? Is Are there people using drones to kind of scout out the, the animal they want to harvest? That was one of our concerns. Drone or or some ideas from you know constituents and so we introduced the bill after a fishing regulation working with the Department of Fishing and it's not a problem with this already Senate Bill 45, the school board term limits bill. That is just to get new blood in to uh, no, the system? That was another one from the last Well, we're going to block this 
more careful and just have a dog about this years as opposed to last year. Certainly. And then um, just to the, the, the political news, uh, certainly of the week in the last few weeks, and this will be going on for some time in America, is the passing of Don Young and the 51, now 48 candidates that are running for his seat. I think you're the only uh, legislator uh, in the upper house that's not running. I mean, there is a, a there, Santa Claus is in the race. Um, who is actually Mayor Pro Tem of uh, North Pole, Alaska? Right. So uh, it, it's not like he doesn't, uh, you know, pay attention to land use issues. But uh, given the, given how many people are in this race, um, how do you see it sorting out? I know, I know, you had, a, you know, a vote by mail bill, and this entire primary election is going to be vote by mail for the the June eleventh uh, election. Uh, how do you see this shaking out? Alaska is going to get through this, but this is the biggest story in America. It kind of became that way. It's unfortunate. I had asked Don, I don't know if you've ever said as well, um, you know, that we had hoped he would retire, you know, because Don was approaching 90. And we're like, I, and I'll be honest about you, I don't know if Bill Wilson not state all my thing. My concern was that he was getting older and going to help with the final was that quick pass because what we lose is 50 years, a half a century of experience, contact, knowledge. And to lose that, we've gone fast the way and not have that opportunity to get that person and pass that along and kind of start their career and introduce them to all these other players and who we can talk to and how we can build bills and things like that for last year. That was a big loss. And so I guess the best person appointed is not um, retired before now so that he could have brought that that into ranked choice voting in the general primary, which we've never done before. And in fact, top four is the first time in the United States has ever been done before. So we don't even know how that's going to play out. You add that to, you know, and I'm not going to be a negative here overall, but just highlighting the challenges. Add that to the fact that we knew that we had 113,000 Alaskan data was compromised, which is still floating around the dark web. I've asked the director of the division of elections on the record, what's the plan? There is no plan. So we're not going to like double check or cross check data that was compromised, which means all somebody has to go to the dark web to pull that data. They can go look and vote for that person because you can request a ballot online, you can see and you have everything you need to fill one out then. Uh, so you add that to no ballot because we don't have that right now. We don't have any ballot tracking mechanism. We're working hard to try to get that with the compromised data. And all we have is a witness signature. We don't even have signature verification. But the bill that I found was, uh, a couple of years ago that I was just still out there and we're working on working bipartisan with the who has his own work with the bill that are kind of opposite. And we both agreed, let's strip out the stuff on both sides because they weren't going to pass the other body. And we're in the middle. And we've reached a bill that uh, addresses all these big issues where we can agree on. Imagine that, right? Republicans don't have actually working together for a bill in the middle. And it will hopefully address some of these things. But your question, um, there's a lot of concern because we've never done this. Those other challenges I highlighted and things about security and whatnot, we'll see how it goes. 
but we've never really done this on the scale without those side boards in place would help us track. And I know that was our first question from so it literally sent this about the So we will see how it goes. The good news is in June, at least it's just the jungle primary for one person. So even though it's going to be a sheet with 48 things, including good old Santa Claus on it, um, at least you just get to pick one, right? You're not picking multiple bubbles and, and columns. It's going to be one bubble for the first of your life and turn it in. So at least it's the most simple because quite frankly, we were struggling to be ready by August to do the bigger um, you know, jungle primary that was going to have all these wide races and national. What's going to be really interesting is on, is on August 16th. Now you're going to have the ranked choice voting event for the U.S. Congress for Don Gunksy, and you're going to have the jungle primary for the entire state with all those bubble sheets to fill out. And then you're going to go into the November elections and redo Don Youngsi plus the ranked choice voting. So it's 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 interesting. I've been researching for some time. Um, the, the unfortunate data nationwide from a study, or maybe it's a Stanford study, a PhD, says that it tends to disenfranchise um, minorities in English as a second language, language and the elderly the most because the complication of it is difficult, a lot of stuff on it. And so I'm very concerned that we're going to the minorities the most um, in this election cycle. It's 11 the average wide higher amongst minorities primary rank. But we'll see. I hope it's better than that. We're going to try to educate on your best the perspective. Um, but the data is not overly encouraging for the people that we really want to encourage the vote and allow them to vote. Um, it disenfranchised. That's what the data was telling like. We'll keep our fingers crossed. You guys, it's here. We got to deal with it. We got to educate ourselves. And the people and get them out to vote. Hopefully, it will work okay. But I have my, I have my questions about how well it will go. So we keep our fingers crossed. Ride the train. See what happens. Well, I bet you, uh, I bet you it makes the national news, and uh, there'll be something on Meet the Press and this week with <laughs> Stephanopoulos and uh, the rest of them. Okay. Now, I did, uh, I did have a question um, about the the length of time uh, for the legislative session, and I know that you've waited on this before. Um, there's a thing where it's limiting the session to 90 days and then uh, Representative Matt Clayman, who was the Anchorage mayor, the acting mayor, um, has a uh, bill to change the Constitution um, and have it go to 121 days. Alaska is kind of a, a, in a, a weird quasi semi-professional legislature where, I mean, you still have a full-time job. You're, you're flying for FedEx. But and then at the same time, your constituents, you know, are saying you need to spend more time in Juno. So how do you, how do you balance that when it's it's like a part time, full time job? Can you kind of explain that to our listeners? Sure, yeah, it's a good question too. I appreciate that one because it's nice to tell people how it uh, is challenging. We are and there was never any it was, it constitutionally has been 120 days or 21 days. And a few years ago, people passed a bill, law, statute, um, to move that to 90 days. long, time, you know, for whatever the different reasons are. So people passed a law that's now in conflict with 120 days. So only once or twice has the legislature ever moved out of 90 days. And a couple of bills, one of them is actually in the Senate um, to uh, repeal that bill that the people voted for and go back to the constitutional one. 
there is a provision for an extra Then, of course, this will make a special. Either the governor or the legislature with two thirds of the legislature voting for it can also do 30 days to do other things or work or whatever. It has been a point of contention before I was here uh, because the was no There's we get that called here and how long we sit around. I will say that, frankly, my opinion, I think we can do it in anything. But I will tell you if we, what happens to a lot is we do a lot of briefings and things for the first month. As opposed to working on the budget or working on the bills and moving them, we also you'll see a lot on the weekend. Legislators go home, and you know, so they'll be here. They'll leave on a Friday, and then we'll be back on Monday morning. And so, if we were here working streets about it, you know what they want, we're going to keep out run it. We're going to immediately file, you know, what take with the government budget is, or brief the next day what the bills are. We're going to meet days a week, Monday to Saturday. I'm glad we can get out of here in 90 days. Let's do it. Uh, but there's no real, I haven't seen a lot of issues like that here. It's it's kind of like it's that game of that issue. Like, this is one direction to send the wheel and take miles, but I think it's meant to change direction. That's government bureaucracy. There's been happening this way for a long time. And when you try to change things, you want to vote. And people don't like that. They like the way it's been. They like how the structure is set up. They're comfortable with it. And a couple of newbies come in, and I'm still in fact. Um, going, hey, we need to fix this and do better and get out of here. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, dude, guys, shut up. Again, I know a long professor, but it is a politically topic. And I do believe we can do it. We focus on it more, but I don't think the 59 people here are going to get enough reason to do that. It's like the bill that people have. So we'll see where it goes. And then uh, I only have you for a couple more minutes, but uh, you know, just doing uh, academic research on uh, the issues in Alaska, the political issues, the number one uh, thing that that has come up since statehood in 1959, the most that's been on the ballot is moving the capital from Juneau. So uh, where your district is, uh, is close to Willow, which was where they almost it, it almost happened, but there was like regionalism where Fairbanks and Juneau were voting against Anchorage. If you look at the voting data, is there a, do you like just in the, the concept of regionalism, do you see Alaska like being broken up into different regions? I mean, there's like Fairbanks in the interior, then Anchorage, and then there's a whole, you know, government constituency in Juneau. Um, I mean, if they had that vote again, it's been defeated uh, five out of six times. And then the, la the sixth time when it passed, it, the, I guess Willow was too close to Anchorage. So it was defeated in the courts. But I mean, do you, do you ever see like more regionalism than just moving the capital from Juneau? I mean, rural versus Bush versus uh, urban. I mean, can you speak a little about regionalism? Alaska is a big state. It is. Resistance. 
the real problem is protest well big thing in So what I what I um, interested in but I'm talking about not even you know what? One year we'll and the reason And it was beautiful contest not moving holding point and you just hold the session every Well, I mean, you could always, as part of the argument, they wrote the Alaska State Constitution at the campus there at UAF. So you could say uh, the legislature's on tour. We're going to hit uh, Fairbanks. We're going to hit uh, Anchorage uh, and then the rest of it. Um, Senator Schauer, uh, first, let me thank you for your service. Uh, I saw you were in the Air Force for some time. I appreciate uh, you uh, serving our country. I love the don't tread on me flag. Um, I, I am a son of the American Revolution. My great grandfather times five uh, fought the British uh, in 1776. And so, uh, you know, any politics aside, uh, when you serve our country, thank you very much. Um, for that. And I do appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, this has been uh, very enlightening. Um, it's good to, uh, you know, see a senator that uh, went to school in uh, at Mare Island. I'll never forget that round of golf. I was so cold. It was uh, right around Thanksgiving. Um, had my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, there's no way my wife now would go and play golf with me there 
under those conditions. It had to be when she was my girlfriend and my sister was there. I'll never forget it. But uh, it has been great to have you on the show, sir. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, you've been listening to KSUA 91.5 FM in College, Alaska, here at our campus at UAF in Fairbanks. And Senator, thank you. Have a good afternoon. And I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, George. Yes, sir. You have been listening to Join the Conversation, our radio show and podcast on 91.5 FM KSUA, our college radio station here at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. I am your host, George Christopher Thomas, and I thank you for tuning in.